It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and as the music would indicate, it is an Articles of News episode, which, Yay! you know, now that I quit my day job, Mr. Mayor, I'm thinking maybe we'll do news every week, and if we just don't have enough news, there'll be shorter episodes. Maybe. Well, then I you can know. talk to me more often, or maybe if you don't, then you just spread it around between Annette and Janae and whoever. Well, and we we would obviously cycle through more often as well. I don't know. This uh, I'll tell you what. So I quit the day job working at the Lord's University. Being a self-employed person is uh, uh, I've never done it before. It's a little odd. You're just all like if you wake up and decide not to do anything, you don't have to. Yeah, I don't There's have no to reason that. that you have to do anything. On the other hand. In, in a few weeks or whatever, when you would have liked that revenue or that income, you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is uh, a great way to play on my anxiety. It's a, it's a, it is. Oh, I can do like more. That. Do you want me to go more? I used to I used to be in that position, so I could I could make it worse. So when did when you went back to work, was it so that you could have the security of that or was it just the right time and right position? Both. Um, okay. Yeah, it was my, I mean, I needed the security, but it was also the right time and right position. I kind of had to work, kind of work the way I was independently for a while to develop into where I could work where I, in, in the situations I am now. So okay. I kind of okay. had to go through that to get to where I'm at. Sure. Sure. It's the next step. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I've had a few people that have said, Hey, you know what happened? I'm not going to really talk about it. Nothing happened. I just decided you know, uh, in a conversation that I had with the day job where they're like, this is where we would like this to go. And I went, you know what? I, that's not where I want to go. I, I think I'm done. Hmm. And so I asked them, I said, Hey, how do I quit my job? And they said, Oh, you just did. And I said, cool. <laughs> do I have to do two weeks? Cause I hate that. Like yeah. when people work their two weeks, it's they don't awkward. Work. Yeah. They don't work. It's uncomfortable. Then like the people that are there for their two weeks, it's like, hey, do you you want to be a part of this meeting? And it's like, no, I don't need to, nor would I want to. I get it. I understand in some situations, right? Like yeah, uh, certain jobs, you kind of like, hey, let's give, you know, let's give us as much time as possible. But yeah, yeah. So you can train the next person. But that wasn't something that they needed from me. Uh, so I just was like, yeah, I'm out. So I, I worked uh, two more days after that. And then I said, sayonara, I'm out. And it's then like a year ago when I told my company only I was going to a competitor. So yeah. I told my company uh, at three o'clock that I was leaving and I was out by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was, I'm going to a competitor so that I know I don't hold any ill will at all. Um, well, well, and they would have to do that with a competitor, yeah, right? Because it's like, hey, grab your stuff and get out. I understand yeah, like, that. We love you. We great. Have yep. fun. Yep. We got to cut off your email. All your access goes away. This, you know, you might want to email it because it might take. It took about two hours for the IT department to turn everything off, so I had enough time to contact people because I didn't. I didn't contact a soul until I told my boss. Some people <laughs> will do it in advance, and I'm like, I don't like that. I don't want to. Sure. You know, I, my boss deserved deserves it first. So. Yeah. Yeah. I gathered all the files, put them on a hard drive and then went in said, Hey, I'm done. A couple of people, they said, Hey, uh, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, Nope, Not I don't. Really. And then I just sort of left. So, uh, if, if, if you've thought about being a Patreon saint of the cultural hall, now would Now's be a great time. time to do it. Now would, now would be a, an exceptional time because, you know, 
mean, truthfully, you work uh, like this, like a full-time job. And we, as the people listening and paying attention, and, and, and that includes me, even though sometimes I'm on this, I also am a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I think it, if you're, if you're, if you've ever thought, maybe I should start doing that. It really is a good time. It would be great to have Richard Stedman more full time on this. And this, this could really grow bigger than it is. And it's pretty cool. What have yeah. what, 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 what you done? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, like, uh, by the way, since I posted the 600th episode, that apparently moved one person, uh, at least at the recording of this. Kathy Farley, thank you for becoming a Patreon saint. I'll make sure you get added to the group you of the almost 100 600? people. Oh, yeah. Posted oh. it yesterday, baby, as of this I'm recording. I'm really awful because I did not. It is a retrospective, and uh, I asked people to do something at the end of that episode, so hopefully everybody will do a thing. You get many of options, many options of things that you could do, uh, but know that it's not just a casual listening episode that you are asked to do something. So if you don't want to do something, don't listen to that episode, because once you're asked, you're held accountable. Uh, So shout out to Kathy, who is a recent Patreon saint. I also wanted to share a couple of comments from other folks when we posted uh, the episode. Uh, Verlin, that is uh, a friend of the the show, and I believe a Patreon saint as well. He says, awesome episode, perfect ending. Uh, Do believe all of us friends and listeners owe you feedback on our favorite moments so you can put together a second highlights show. That's what that uh, show is. It's a retrospective of the first 600 episodes, which is an impossibility to do. So know that I didn't... (laughs) Cover nearly as much as I would have liked. Uh, Tyler, I know Tyler Harper sent me a message somewhere. Tyler, I can't figure out where you sent that. I looked all in the places, um, but thank you for your message. It was very sweet. And also Michael, who said, this show is a highlight of my week. So thank you, Michael Bishop, who I also know is a Patreon saint. Uh, other things that we should probably mention as we do a little bit of housekeeping, contact at theculturalhall.com is where you can send any and all correspondence. Love to get it. You can be able to review the show as well. And when as, I make a dumb comment, you can make you can complain to Richie about it there. Yes, yes. Those, those comments, we go, oof. And now, <laughs> it's funny. How you can correspond with us is contact at theculturalhall.com. You want to know where Tyler's message was? in the email inbox. Let me share this real quick. Hey, Richie, just finished listening to the 600th episode. I think you did a better job than any of us listeners could have possibly done. I really like the retrospective of the great moments uh, out of the cultural hall over all these years. I'm fully confident that the lack of response to your call for great moments was due to the fact that the 500th episode seems like it was just a month ago. You mentioned in the episode that so much has happened since you started the cultural hall and so much has changed in your life. I, for one, can echo the very same. I've met so many friends that I never have been in the same physical space with, but I still count them as friends and they affect my life greatly. I do have, I do not have a lot of friends, but between you, Brant Malone and Jenny, uh, Jenny Dye, that is Molly Jenny. I feel a friendship with someone of my faith that I don't have otherwise. And it is a massive part of my faith and why I keep going. I'm so very grateful for you, Richie, for everyone in the hall. I look forward to whatever is coming up next. Now that you've freed up your nine to five, you do a good job interviewing and digging out information that otherwise we would never know. One day I'm going to make it to Utah and give you a great big hug. Just be ready, Tyler. I think he's Canadian. I think he's up uh, in America's hat. That's where he lives. Uh, we or, should probably, or wear his pants. Yeah. Oh, I like that. 
I like being his pants We're rather Canada's than pants. he our hat. <laughs> some, some funky, I mean, with the, like the Baja California, I guess that's in, in yeah. that's like Mexico when we start to get to like the legs of the pants, right? Yeah, that's right. Because otherwise we're just one, we're just one leg of Florida. Maybe we're the belt. Yeah, yeah. The belt buckle. Yeah. <laughs> Where the belt buckle is a big old belt buckle on the on the on the that's body. That's a skinny waist. If we if we walk this parable out here, uh, Mr. We could go really bad. That, we could have some complaints, and please give them at, <laughs> at God. But that make, that makes a really skinny waist when you get into Latin America, into Northern South America. If that's you know the pants well, if we, and if, or body, if that's where the belt is, then we're like the the bare beer belly of yeah, yeah. or the root you, beer belly. We're what you hike up over the belt okay that's <laughs> yes, fair sir. enough fair enough what's new for you anything uh just just a lot of work starting to travel again so i'm spending a lot of time in hotels and airplanes and things like that so spend a lot of time that way um mm-hmm. other than that uh, we had a great conversation to, i here's why I, I was gonna bring this up today so at church today we had a great conversation i think it, it rolled kind of went back down to and i and i thought this is a great forum to have this conversation is how do you hold to the standards of the church? What, what we know is, is the doctrine of the church, or at least the current revealed doctrine of the church, mm-hmm. but uh, talk to others um, and, and, and be able to bring everyone in a, in a very inclusive way. Be specific. Love. I don't know what you're talking about. Be specific. So, well, it, we got, there's a lot of different ones that come up in this. So like, for instance, well, let's take an LGBTQ Q person that that comes up a lot okay. for a transgender person. Sure. Um, uh, how how do we how do we? And I think this is why we were talking about it. And I think there's a lot of people who who struggle with having this conversation. And how do I how do I um, how do I love those who have different beliefs than me? And and I think it. I I I pose the question. I'm like, no, I don't think it's the, that's the question. I think you should love those who are. It, and then we worry about the different beliefs. Sure. It's not, you know, I, I just wonder what you thought your thoughts are. on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I think it's super easy to get tripped up. And I actually appreciate you uh, bringing this up. One of the things that as we get into the 600s of episodes now that I want to start doing is conversations like this. Uh, people will be able to come on and, and, and almost like a muscle, like, like a call-in radio show or something like that. I want to be able to have these on- you know, in the moment, off the cuff kind of conversations and just be able to talk it through, probably make mistakes and say things wrong, um, but allow other people to weigh in on it. Um, But to your point um, on this particular thing, yeah, whenever someone say, how do we love someone of a different anything? I always just go, what? Show me, show me any sort of scriptural basis that's like, well, for my fellow saints, it needs to be this kind of love. And for the people that choose differently, it needs to be this kind of love. I think it's super easy to get uh, tripped up and miss the point. A hundred percent miss the point. Absolutely. Uh, of that. But to that point, right? So someone says, hey, um, but your neighbors are gay men and they're married. I go, okay, well, if they need something, I'll help them out. But what about, and I go, I don't know. I, if they need something, I'll help them out. I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a quick, quick experience. Only, and it kind of props me up. So afterwards, this is over. Just bring me back down. 
Well, uh, we'll change your job. We'll change that's the name job. of the person in the story. His name is Mandrew. Go ahead. Mandrew. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So man. anyway, no, I have a friend who uh, Mandrew has a friend who is transgender and got a good compliment from this trans transgender individual. And because he, um, he was very concerned when he found out I was a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hmm. And, um, over time, and it's actually someone I used to work with, um, over time. And, and the comment was, I was told that I should expect X from a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. And you never treated me that way. You treated me like Y. Mm -hmm. X and Y and transgender, maybe not be the best <laughs> variables to use. It just occurred to me. Sure, sure. But but you know what I mean? I, I think we got the point. I I I I I exceeded this person's expect expectations by how I cared for them. And I, I all I could think of was that that con idea. Like, what if we as a church exceeded people's expectations and how we treat them? We understand that our belief system will might conflict and even might be offensive if you when you talk about that to to each other or the to them but but what if we disregard that what if we just exceed expectations of the love we share for each other that's and, and it is and again i'm not trying to prop myself up because i actually didn't realize i was doing anything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think i think it's it's something that um we could all consider and think about so that's yeah, on so, my mind so one thing that if i were just casually listening to you when you say we just disregard our belief system i think that that's where people go well we can't we need to stand we need to stand for for what those things are and here and here's what i do and i think you can stand for it but well i i guess the question that i would have is I mean, okay, so let's let's talk about something that's in in the in the past, right? Let's talk about polygamy, right? Let's get something really detached so that we, you know, we don't have. What do you mean? I have issue. four yeah. wives. <laughs> talk to Christy. She's Good, got yeah. three friends. No, I'm just kidding. I do uh, not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, nor nor would you. And what I know about you, but let's say that you know polygamy, right? So, um. We, uh, we're practicing polygamy and we, we have, um, you know, multiple spouses and everything like that. And, and, and we engage with other people that don't have multiple spouses. I don't think that this is going to be actually a very good example. I just, I, I just think at the end of the day, you're not going to go wrong when you just love and help another person, Right. The, the doctrines of the church, I, I think that when we say, I'm helping you out, gay next door neighbor and spouse, but I want you to know that the church that I believe in, that I worship with, would excommunicate you if you were a member of our church. I, I, I don't know why you would do that, and I don't know what the point of that is, and, and I don't know that it's relevant, right? No. And, I, and, I, and I can't imagine that um, as we walk these stories out, like in the scriptures, right? That Christ is like, Hey, you know, I know you were taken in adultery. I just want to point that out. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out here, but I just want to remind you these sins, they're yours. But I also just want to, you know, I just, What's I don't think cool that that's how it this, worked. The, the scriptural reference to the women taken in adultery is one of my favorites in this regard. And if you look at it, all of us sit in all the categories. Sometimes we're the people throwing stones. Sometimes we're the 
person who's sitting, sometimes we're, we, and then sometimes we put ourselves in the place of Christ, which we should never do. Mm -hmm. But if you look at uh, what Christ said, he, he didn't, he said the first words out of his mouth were, where are your accusers? I, I, you know, uh, I don't condemn you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, so he just sets the example that 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 doesn't, you know, let, let's let's take our standards and apply them to us. Let's stand where we are, mm-hmm. apply them internally, apply them to us and grow out from there. But then it should all just be about love. Anyway, yeah, definitely yeah. on my. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I agree with you that. I mean, that's sort of how I lead my life as well to to the extreme in some way that I. Like when people are like, but shouldn't you do something else? And I, and I, and I sort of say, well, if I should, well, then that will be the thing that I'll have to repent or take issue with myself with, because I'm just going to love unconditionally this particular situation. That doesn't mean that I love comfortably. Sometimes I'm so awkward around different situations just because of how many times I've, I've been able to, you know, encounter a, a certain situation. Like sometimes I trip over myself, but it's always with the greatest of intent that I'm just trying to be like, you know what? Okay, great. Yeah. And Let's I'm not this. perfect about this either. I mean, no. I, I know when my sister left the church, you know, I, st- we still have repercussions of that to this day. And sometimes I don't know how to act and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a weak person when it comes to that. So sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back in the second half, we're going to do actual articles of news coming up in the third block. We've got another uh, temple update with uh, Corey K. Ward. That's coming up in the second and third block of the Cultural Hall. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast, it's beautiful, and it's super secure. So let's make sure your computer is ready to run it. If your computer isn't powerful enough, we'll show you what you need to upgrade in your old computer to make it run perfectly. If we can't upgrade your old PC to run Windows 11, we'll buy it from you and give you a credit towards any new PC laptop's computer. Now, our computers start at only $29 a month and we have 12 months special financing. Windows 11 is simply awesome. Bring your old computer into PC Laptops right now because at PC Laptops, we really love you. PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block of the Culture Hall, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, so uh, interesting now because of a different situation with now being in the Homesteadman 2 officially moved in. I'm back in a new Are studio. you in the electric boogaloo? Yeah, it is the electric boogaloo. Uh, it's also the the uh, search for Curly's gold, among other great sequels. Um, it is the Donald Trump Biff Tannen version of this uh, Homestead studio. Homestead <laughs> strikes back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's a new hope. No, no, you're right. It is Empire Strikes Back. You got it right. What's the second of the terrible ones? Well, which terrible ones? The, the prequels 
which were considered terrible until the sequel series came out. Right now, that everyone who hated the prequels are like, "Oh, those are great." Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Attack of the Clones was that's the what pre- it is. It's, the, a, it's the, the Attack series. of the Homesteadman. That's what we're doing. Attack of the Homesteadman. Uh, so news gathering is a little bit different in this case and scenario. So you'll have to forgive me. We're going to have to go at least on my end in the order that I have gathered stuff together, which means we start off the news with a list. Uh, this from LDS Living. It's six ways you can support your bishop and his family. I love a list, and I'm going to go through them quick. Um, so respect his time, which I think is important. Uh, I don't think that we do this very well. Uh, also, I think be a friend. When you think about the bishop, think about what a lonely situation that is in a lot of cases. It's a lot of time. Uh, can sometimes feel super isolating, so I appreciated that as a uh, thing that you could do for your bishop. Pray for him and give him grace. I think a lot of people do that. Pray for the leaders of the church. Pray for the, the bishop. I think giving him grace is understanding that he's not human and he's doing his best. No, that he is human. That Wait, did I say not? <laughs> yeah, that he's not human. Yeah. You, understanding that he's greater than human. Yes, yeah, that he's point. greater than all of us. Yeah. No, just kidding. No. Yeah, that he's that he is human. And he's just doing his best. A huge thing for me that uh, this article points out that uh, that I think if we truly understood it, um, it would be one of the greatest ways that we could show love and or empathy. And it's do your part, because mm. when the ward functions and everyone functions within their respective calling, it's pretty awesome. So if you just do the part that you've been asked to do, it can take a tremendous uh, load off of those who have stewardship or, you know, who are in authority over you within the church. Uh, understand a bishop's role with the youth and help support that. And then uh, the last one is our responsibility, um, just knowing what our responsibility is and uh, and being able to to do it. Know on it, that thing, on that one with the youth thing, if you understand that, you know, he's, he's responsible for the youth, he's responsible for welfare, he's responsible for you know the, the 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 any kind of sin based stuff whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it then then you really you sh- you wouldn't go to him for everything if you understood those those key roles really well you'd 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 go and get support through the elders quorum president or relief society president and and yeah and you can begin to counsel with that there was a great interview the uh, the other day that Kurt Frankum over at Leading Saints did. Uh, where it talks about like being able to counsel with your relief society or elders quorum president um, and, and like trying to find the solution sans bishop or like getting your uh, your temple recommend doesn't always have to be through the bishop. It can be through one of the counselors, depending on what the situation is. Yeah, obviously. You might be in a situation that you need to. And yeah, but if you don't that. need to, why not? Yeah. Hey, second counselor, let's do this. Let's free up the bishop and be able to get that done. Uh, what articles do you have? So in Ashburn, Virginia, I heard of there's it. A, yeah, there's a, a Muslim community that is was going through a restoration of their their center, their mosque, it, their mosque, and it took longer than needed, and it moved into Ramadan. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints stepped up and allowed them to utilize their facilities during that time. And I just mm. love to hear stories about that when we're reaching out to other, um, uh, reaching out to other uh, uh, faiths to do that. So. Yeah, one of the coolest things, uh, just literally uh, down the road from where I live now, there is an old LDS um, tabernacle. 
maybe not tabernacle, maybe assembly hall. Um, but they sold it to um, to a, an Islamic group who has turned awesome. it into a mosque. And so you drive by and it's got some of the accoutrement of uh, the Islam faith, but it's very plainly uh, an LDS chapel assembly hall, you know, sort of looking building. It's fun. It's one of the got that the, old prairie schooner look from the yeah. old days. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's cool to, to see that and, and, and to see those shared spaces. That's um, so awesome. That's in Ashburn, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia. So uh, it looks like it doesn't say the stake, but um, uh, re- there was a, it talked to the Relief Society um, organization. Uh, the Relief Society president said, what a wonderful experience it has been to greet and meet members of the, I cannot say the name, the some uh, Hamadiya, Muslim community, and we hope to continue our interactions in the future. And I just, again, I just, I just love this. This, these are times when I'm proud to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. When I see stuff like this, you know, uh, uh, it's an interesting thing when we talk about other faiths. Most of the time anymore, I feel like we're we're past the like uh, bashing of other faiths, both within the You'd walls hope. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then Saints. you see something that on Twitter that is not that yeah, way. Yeah. But, yeah. Don't but, go to Twitter if you if you don't want. Yeah. Stay, stay away from the uh, depths that is Twitter. Oh, but unless you want to follow at the Cultural yeah. Hall, which you certainly can. Um, but this was an interesting thing that came out this last week. Uh, Dallas Jenkins, who is the director of The Chosen, uh, if you haven't seen The Chosen, it is a series about uh, Jesus that you can see on BYU TV. I think you can stream it in um, a bunch of different places, certainly the BYU TV app. Um, but they, for season two, were allowed to use the church's Jerusalem set uh, down in, uh, in uh, what is the name of that town? Good. Is it Ephraim? No, no, no. no it's outside it's... of Ephraim, but it, it it's uh why can't I think of it? People are yelling in their speakers. Uh get get Ganesh is what I'm thinking, and that's not correct. Um Goshen. Goshen is the word I was looking for. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I didn't even uh, have to Google it, even though my fingers were ready, ready to, there do it. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they uh so Dallas Jenkins uh, uh, apparently a while ago um made a statement that that said um, Mormons and evangelicals love the same Jesus or LDS or Christians. So th- it, it's this age old thing among evangelicals that it's like, yeah, uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, they, they, they worship Jesus, but it's a different Jesus than us. Right. And it's not just evangelicals that have this issue with us. Um, but it's a 16 minute video that this, uh, mm-hmm. director Dallas Jenkins, who, by the way, the first person, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, the shows available in podcast format to interview from an LDS perspective. Dallas Jenkins was this here show right here. You can find it episode 398. It's in the latter part of that because that's an articles of news. Uh, we talked to him, but I digress. He sort of does these gymnastics around uh, LDS being Christians and LDS people worshiping Jesus and whether or not it's the same Jesus. And I get his point. He says it's sort of nuanced, right? Like uh, you and I, we may, you know, know Jesus to be the son of God. We may recognize the the things that he did for us, but the way that you look at Jesus may be a different way than I look at Jesus. And he just says, so maybe you and I wouldn't worship the same Jesus. So he sort of walks it out that way. A lot of people, when he said, you know, that uh, that evangelicals and and Mormons maybe don't worship the same Jesus, or 
rather that as a whole swath, he can't say, well, evangelicals worship this Jesus and, you know, the Mormons worship this. He says everyone's faith is so different. He knows that some of the LDS people that he's met, he feels like they worship the same Jesus that he does, but not all Mormon people and not all evangelicals. It, the thing is, it, it is a thing that I, I just, to your point in the first part of this episode, like, can we can like may, like maybe it's Jesus, a little different Jesus, or maybe it's the exact same Jesus, or maybe who cares? Just be kind to people. Right. I've always wondered about I've always taken it's, it's weird because years ago I was in a Sunday school class and it was when we were, I was living in Ogden and there was it was when this big group of Southern Baptists came. If you, if you remember, I remember they, they came to Utah and, for like their national convention. Yes. And they were up and down on the streets and they were talking to people. And one of the people in our, our, our ward had got, had a gutted and he was up basically bragging about how he put them in their place and how, and telling all the points and, and everything else. And all I, I raised my hand and I ended up getting in trouble because he complained to the Bishop and I had to go into the bishop's <laughs> office and whatever. because I, I said, if, if your belief is based on, someone else's belief is not true then maybe you need to rethink your belief yeah <laughs> that's what I, yeah. what I said to him and of course that didn't go over well but no. it pissed me off that he he's spending time in a sunday school class or it was it was elders quorum but elders quorum class talking about all the reasons this other other faith was not right instead of spending the time talking about the wonderful aspects of the gospel of jesus christ and what we believe is true. I just, right. it bothers me when you have to do that. I get there's some times for that when, when, when you need to clarify positions and you need to clarify in your teaching, whatever, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be your go-to thing. And you learn that on your mission. If you, hopefully you'd learn that on your mission, it, you, you get all Bible study and get all Bible bashy. You might even walk away where you feel like you won the argument and no one wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so. you remember, you're old enough to remember the like memorized the discussions oh, yeah. go out and we do did. that, right? And you remember the first principle of the first discussion is most people believe in a supreme being, even uh, even though we may call him by different different names, we right. know him to be God, right? And, and based on this principle, like that first discussion would be like, thank you for allowing us into the walls of your home. We'd like to tell you where you're wrong. And it just, that just doesn't, you know, that just no. doesn't work. That's not that first of all, it doesn't work. And second of all, isn't what Jesus would do. Agreed. If it does work, it work. It works in, the, in spite of that, right. right? If someone joined the church, when you did that, it had nothing to do with you. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, interesting, the theme that has sort of permeating through this episode. What else do you have? I know we've only got a couple minutes because we are so going to a temple update coming up. I have something I learned. So I served my mission in Australia, and one of the common things over there was we love the history of the church. We love the history of the church, but it's so Utah-centric. Yeah. And 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 the New Saints um, history probably falls in that same category. It's, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. We love this but we're there people in other countries do strive to understand their own history with the church in their country and in their local region. And there is a place. Um, if you didn't know on the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's called global histories. And in each section, they, you can break down Australia or you, I had it up here. You can break down 
um, well, where is it? Uh, you know, Belarus, Ecuador, France, Italy, Lithuania, Philippines, Romania. These just, everyone has their own section, and they have faith stories of faith. They have the chronology of when the church came to there. You actually can go, and of course, it's not the length of the saints, mm-hmm. you know. But there is a ton there, and I was really pleased to know. And I went in and I I looked up the, the history of the church in Australia because that's very close to me. You know, someday I'll get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's just awesome to see that this this resource exists. It probably always has in some form, but how would you get it before the internet kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it's so nice that it's there. So I I just wanted to bring that up. Well, and you make that assumption, but I remember when I ch- t- toured the uh, church history building. A few years ago, uh, like I think they had just recently really sort of undertaken this. Um, you can That's go. To church- I mean, I think it existed somewhere, but you had to have the right clearances to even get to it. Sure, right? sure, yeah. sure. But it had turned a focus on it. It's churchofjesuschrist.org. And then you go under the church history page and look for global histories if you want to check that out. Uh, are you watching uh, Under the Banner of Heaven? Have you consumed any of it? I have not yet. I'm waiting for a, com- I, I, I go back and forth on it. So uh-huh. here's what I, you talk about it and you tell me why I should watch it. Okay. Is, <laughs> I'm is, is that what really? you'd like me to do? No, I don't know. I'm just, that's, I'm just, I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, and it's not part of me because I don't know if I want to pick up another thing to watch because there's so many things to mm-hmm. watch. And part of it is like, how am I going to, feel about it afterwards and and i don't mean because i don't have a problem seeing the ugly side of the church i know the story i know the ugly side of the church my concern is is i i'm sick of like the conversation about it already and i haven't even watched it yet but maybe i'd appreciate it more if i watched it so i i go back and forth is what i mean yeah it is uh it it is um here here is why i like it if i can say that i like it right if i I like that it, it creates conversation. Um, and what I, the different conversations are the things that I like about it. Some of those things are, um, you know, it talks about uh, the temple ritual. And I don't think that it we talk it, about right? that very often. Yeah, and shows it. And to the credit of the creators, like they go to great lengths to recreate the telestial room in one of the episodes, right? With murals on the wall, clothing, a tremendous amount of research that's gone into it as far as that goes. So from from just like a production side, you know, whether or not I feel like it should be shown or not, that I mean, that's that's one thing, certainly. Um, but- I always, I always bring up the thing with Big Love, and I think the uh-huh. difference is Big Love was fake, was a novel, wasn't, you know what I mean? Not sure. novel, what sure. was fiction. Yep. And this is actually a real story. And so I, I'm not saying they should, but I think I think if I was to give a pass to one, it wouldn't be to Big Love, but it would be to here, right? Yeah. I'm not sure I would give a pass to it. I'm just saying if I was, that's probably where I'd lean. Yeah, and I, I like that it, it creates conversation for a younger generation to say, hey, the, the temple ceremony is different than it used to be. Uh, that it's changed over the years and allows people the opportunity to go, wait, huh? I didn't know that it changed. What did it change from? What did it change to? Why were those changes made? I feel like anytime that we can have conversation that makes us ask questions like why or what is this or, 
you know, where does this come from? Anything like that? I think that I think that that's valuable. Um, where the story of uh, the Lafferty's is one where, um, you know, they were sort of radicalized. I, I think that that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we read that in our scriptures to recognize uh, that 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 can happen to folks and that it can happen very easily and very quickly. So I appreciated your interviews with with all the actors and stuff. It was kind of fun to listen to them, especially the first two who were, one was a former member, one was a current member, if I, if I thought right. Yeah, I think actually right. both former, but one. Both former, a little, one a little, both a little further, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they had a, it, it was just a lot of interesting points about how you could go, you could look and say, I'm only, you could easily look and say, how many steps away am I from the Lafferty's? I'm mm-hmm. not saying we all are. But I mean, it, it would be, you you know, it, it, it strikes you. It's kind of like why the daybells bug me so bad. Right. I'm not, I mean, they bug me. I mean, they're, it was bad, but there's something about that. It strikes home that I knew people when they described him on when I watched Dateline, when they described Chad Daybell, it reminded me of people I served my mission with mm-hmm. people who are wonderful members of the church. And I just think, how did it get from, I won't, I won't use his name, this, this elder on my mission or someone like this elder on my mission to this guy who, who did these atrocious, awful, just horrible things. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of what you can look at with this as well. You can well, go. And worth pointing out, you know, how far away, like with the Daybells, when they got married and were in Hawaii, this, of course, the Daybells, the, that are now uh, charged with the murder of their two children and their spouses um, sort of a, a, a prepper, uh, you know, kind of uh, extreme uh, couple uh, up in Idaho. Um, when they went to Hawaii to get married and then be living, they went to the LDS ward. So those mm-hmm. are people within the wards of the mainstream church there in Hawaii. So mm-hmm. how far removed? Not far removed mm-hmm. in some cases. Certainly in beliefs far removed, but not you know, not necessarily too far within the walls of the building. I, so, so anytime we can have conversations around that, I think that that's important. Uh, I think that it, it can be uncomfortable to see some of those things. I think that it can also be disrespectful. And I also think that in some cases, that's why they did it. They wanted to be disrespectful. Yeah. There is there within writing of anything, there is a bias that, you know, conscious or unconscious con- content yeah. was designed yeah. to be critique at least critique but definitely disrespectful yeah um yeah but but it is it it is something that i have watched and then watched what the online uh community has sort of talked about it and you know to the extent that that was i've sort of enjoyed that if if i can use the word enjoy um and not get run up you know all over the place as far as that goes. I've got some other quick stories. Do you have anything that's super pertinent that you feel like we need to nope. get to? Or I think I've, we're long oh, on no, time. No, very, very, very important. Yes. The Bells at Temple Square are starting their, they're, they're going to have a new concert after all these years being away. Okay. Friday, June 17th at 7.30 p.m. And if you've never gone to the Bells on Temple Square, it's actually really awesome. <laughs> so, so go check it out. So. Yeah, hark, hear the bells, those sweet oh. silver bells. They all seem to say, Throw give cares away. Throw cares away. 
throw cares is it throw or give cares give cares away i've got know. some i've got some quick news stories uh if you want to know uh why the whole world knows that utah has the dirty soda we have olivia rodrigo apparently to uh to blame for that of course the pop star and national treasure according to this article uh she did a tiktok in um the late part of 2021 uh highlighting swig and uh, here's what I got out of this particular article. One is that some people call them sodies, which I would never, because I think that sounds ridiculous. Uh, we have uh, to thank, uh, apparently for that, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Uh, you know, are you getting a sody? Is where that comes from. Uh, you can find the hashtag Dirty Soda, which has been uh, used a couple million times, apparently. But the other thing I learned from this is that Swig, one of the dirty soda places, has has locations not only in Utah, but also in Oklahoma, which seems like it's not too much of a connector to me, right? Like it'd be one thing if it was Utah and Idaho, Utah and Colorado, Utah and Nevada, but the fact that it's Utah and Oklahoma, I would love to know why that is. That's contact at theculturalhall.com. Uh, there is a massive donation of thousands of items of Latter-day Saint history in Mexico. It's called I the Gomez that. Collection. That's awesome. Uh, and this got donated to the Mormon Studies folks at Claremont Graduate University. Uh, the school's goal is to have the, co the collection completely available to researchers both online and physically this summer. So we're going to have to reach out to our friend Matthew Bowman, who has uh, been here on the show. I know he's out at Claremont, and I'm betting he would love to come in and talk about that. Um, the uh, Nathan Wayne Entrecken, do you know who that is? Or Entrecken? No. The no Capital Gladiator, the guy who dressed like Moroni? Yes. Do I know that? Yeah, he's been sentenced to 45 days in jail. Uh, Good. He, ple he pled guilty. Um, you remember, he's the one that said, wow, mom, I wish you were here with me. It's really exciting here. I'm here for Trump. Four more years. Donald Trump, our rightful president. Now sentenced to 45 days. Uh, federal authorities have arrested more than 775 individuals in nearly all of the 50 states from that January 6th insurrection. Uh, this was cool. The how much was spent in 2021 by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's sort of their annual report in the caring for those in need. I'll go through these quick. They had 3,900 humanitarian projects in 188 countries. Uh, uh, let's see. In addition to the 6.8 million volunteer hours in 2021, uh, Just Serve facilitated over 41,000 volunteer projects. Um, there, the report said that just serve registered 62,000 new local community volunteers and 2,500 new organizations. Um, they also produced a hundred millions, a hundred million pounds of food in 2021 and donated over 80 million of those pounds, uh, engaged in 104 food security projects worldwide, distributed 1 billion vaccine doses as part of 199 emergency response projects in 61 countries. They recycled 58 million pounds of goods. That's, of course, through uh, 
Deseret Industries. They manufactured 39,835 furniture items, hosted over 3,000 blood drives, at which over 105,000 individuals donated more than 100,000 units of blood. They supported 585 COVID-19 projects in 76 countries and territories and provided clean water and projects to help 1.74 million people. In addition, and I thought this was cool that they noted this, the church's addiction recovery program is operating now in 30 countries in 17 languages. Church volunteers and counselors hosted 2,800 meetings per week, serving 304,405 people uh, in counseling sessions. So super cool to hear of all the good that the church is doing with their charity projects. I'm blowing through these. So we'll go real quick. Uh, elder Bednar is going to speak at the national press club. This happens, uh, on the 26th of May. It will be the first time, uh, since president Hinckley did it back in 2000, March of 2000. Oh, you're talking journalist club, not like cider press. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Everyone has their shoes off. It's actually a wine press club and uh, they go. all stomp in the big pit. No. So elder Bednar, it's all about the word of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're stomping out those who would offend me. I don't know. Um, so that, so that's kind of cool. Some national recognition. There's other stories, but we just don't have time. We just, and don't I have, have one time more comment. This is just a comment. This may even sound judgmental, but here's what I, you know how the church changed the standards where the missionaries can have facial hair now? Mm-hmm. I just Wait, wish no, it. no, they did not. There, in some cases, I swear they did. I nope. keep seeing pictures online with elders with mustaches. Nope. I hope that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Good, because it makes me look, I have to look closer and say, is that, is that elder from the 60s? <laughs> Anyway, they did, so they did if, not. If someone if someone knows differently than that, I would love to know that. But they have not said that please, as far as I know. Please, please let us know because it's disturbing. I've seen a few pictures recently. Maybe they're just recently returned, but I'll tell you, it's a lot big mustache to have for recently <laughs> returned. I think if, you're I think you're looking at something else. So so I I I think you're wrong. I don't think that they're I don't think I hope helped. I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you don't I don't know why you have such hate for uh I don't. You know, it just looks like I don't know. It looks like something it's like when my dad I like I don't know. My, in the 70s when my dad I'd see pictures of my dad and he had the crappy little mustache cuz he thought it was cool. Sure. That's what it looks like. So anyway. I I I can nearly I can't say 100% but I can 99.5% guarantee you that they do not allow mustaches. But I do know this. Sisters can now wear pants, and that throws me off too. I see sisters come and walk down the 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 chapel, and I just go, "That just seems wrong." I mean, it looks fine, yeah. But I think just I just can't get over it because it You're used a traditionalist. to be such a thing. I'm a traditionalist, so I'm not knocking you sisters wearing pants. Not well, what I'm saying. I have to deal with it myself. I'm going to go ahead and make the very obvious joke to end this with you, Mr. Mayor. I won't be worried until they allow women to wear mustaches. Coming up in the third block, we got the temple update. 
If you've ever thought about starting a podcast and, well, you just don't know what to do, I would encourage you to reach out to me. Now, I am at Richie T. Stedman on all the social medias. You can find and follow me there. Uh, you can also send me an email, richietstedman at gmail.com, if you'd like to know more about what uh, I do as far as being a podcast coach and consultant. But let me just say this. May I say this? Almost 600 episodes under my belt, I could certainly be able to help you. Now, let me say this as well. I know a lot of you are thinking, well, listen, I yeah, I don't know that I'm ever going to get thousands of followers. Here's the best part about podcasts. Sometimes they can just be for fun. Other times they can be for really small niche audiences, and you can make a truck ton of money. We can talk about it, how you could do it if you would like. You can reach out to me at Richie T. Stedman, wherever you find me, or certainly if you send me a message at the Cultural Hall, I'll be able to answer it there as well. Have you have you considered starting a podcast? Reach out to me. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, uh, until we get a better name, uh, it will call be called the uh, Temple Update. And, and I want to sweeten the pot uh, for everyone because I'd really like an alliteration. I thought of like Temple Tidbits. I thought about Temple Talk, but Temple Talk seems maybe a little too on the nose. Um, if... Someone comes up with the name that I like, accept, and move forward with will let you be part of the Patreon group for a month. So you can save yourself some money if you come up with the name. You can send it to us, contact at theculturalhall.com. We're joined by Corey K. Ward. Is that your middle initial? Um, yeah, that would be my general authority name. If yeah. You to call me that. Your apostolic name. What, is the, <laughs> what does the K stand for? Um, Kent. Okay. And who's Kent? Is that somebody? That's my grandpa. Yeah. Cool. Did you know your grandpa? Oh, uh, yeah. He's still alive. Oh, so. good. Oh, good. <laughs> I could go by C. Kent Morton. Oh, that, that Ooh, I sort of like that. I sort of like that. But w- let me tell, let's, let's bench it for right now. Worry about it when you get to be called an apostle. Sound good? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, we're talking temples. Uh, yeah, maybe temple talk is the way to call it. Uh, and I didn't realize since the last time we talked how much temple news there is and maybe it's just the season we're in coming off the the big 17 at this last general conference but it seems like every other news story is about the temple where do you want to start this week okay well big news last two weeks the washington dc temple has been open it's been closed since 2018 and they actually finished the temple in 2020 but because of covid and other delays they've really wanted to just be play it safe and have a, a big open house invite a lot of people and so yeah, it's going big right now in Washington, D.C. Well, and and as of the recording of this, it hasn't been opened yet to the public, but it has been opened to, like, uh, VIPs and dignitaries. There was the big video that the ABC News did where they brought the cameras into the temple. But, I mean— CBS. We, 
Yeah. Or, yeah, CBS. And I said that in their regular episode as well. I don't know why I keep trying to attribute that to ABC. Um, but, like, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of, like, a, a four- or five-month open house for this thing. Oh, yeah. This could go all summer. They announced that it will go at least till June 11th, but they extended the dedication longer so that if needed, they can put the open house a little bit longer. So an opportunity – is there any sort of speculation as to how many people are going to cruise th- through this thing? They say half a million maybe. Holy cow. Yeah, you know anyone on the eastern seaboard is saying, you know, let's figure out a trip sometime this summer, school gets out, Memorial Weekend, whatever the thing may be. It's just insane the amount of people. Uh, I also heard that it is uh, it is new or different in that – a lot of the tours are self-guided through the temple, meaning they don't have to have as many volunteers checking it out. Yeah, that's a pretty common trend that all temples have been doing just so that you walk through. You don't really get a lot of explanation until the end or the beginning. So, oh, To be able to facilitate more. That's cool. Do you know, is it like, um, like when I go to the museum and I put on the headphones and I'm able to... The, Welcome to the Washington, D.C. temple. Now walk to the next room. Is it that kind of thing or is it like pamphlet driven? Uh, There'll probably be like signs as you walk through. Hmm. Okay. Just some some plaques to read. Will you go? Will you make a a voyage out to the east? I did buy tickets for a couple of weeks. I'll be there. (laughs) So. now, Do it now, a weekend trip. To clarify, tickets like airline, because the like tickets to the tickets, temple yeah. are, are are free. Interesting. Yeah, there's actually, if you can get to the temple, um, you, you're free to go. But the thing you have to reserve is either the metro shuttle or the parking lot. So if you can get someone to drop you off, get an Uber or whatever, you don't have to reserve anything. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's a pro tip. A, a temple travel tip from Corey. I don't know. I'm, I really want the alliteration to happen. So <laughs> so is the only news then DC or is there other stuff going on for temples? Oh, we have a few other things we can hit. Uh, t- tell me. Uh, I know that they've started to break some ground on places. Yes, we got a – there's been a consecutive groundbreakings in April. One in Argentina, April 9th, um, Bahia Blanca. It means White Bay if you don't speak Spanish. Uh, that will be the fifth in Argentina. And then we've got Grand Junction, Colorado. That was the third in Colorado. And then most recently, we've had Linden, Utah, which this temple is a little bit unique because it has two baptistries in it. The church presented in front of the city council, and they showed the plans and everything. So um, this will be a, a big temple for the youth there. So is it is it a temple uh, uh, that is a lot for the youth with the two baptistries just because the immense amount of members of the church in Utah County, Linden being sort of the heart of Utah County? Uh, is that why so many baptistries or is it? Definitely, yeah. The church has said that because of all the interest um, in doing baptisms for the dead among the youth in, in Utah, they're wanting to expand the capacity. Are there a, a lot of temples that have a double baptistry? Um, so far, the first one was Syracuse, Utah. Okay. And then we have Linden. And then they announced that in the renovation of the Salt Lake Temple, we'll have two baptistries. And then the one in Smithfield, it's the same exact design as Linden. So I haven't seen the plans, but I presume it will also have two baptistries. So is it then only these Utah temples, none like Grand Junction or, you know, uh, D.C. or any of those have these double baptistries? Of course, I haven't seen the plans of any of these, but no, I think those are the only ones. So Interesting. Far. And and of course, people uh, that don't live in Utah 
don't know about this experience. They're sort of, because there's such a populace uh, of the church, like it, it, it almost becomes um, like positive peer pressure, I suppose. I can remember in high school that we would go and do baptisms for the dead before school. Like there was a yeah, group that's... of us, you know, on Wednesdays, let's go to the temple before before school and and, you know, lots of groups of kids do that here. Yeah, that's a trend that's become big in the last decade, I would say. Are you from, uh, for people that don't know you, C. Kent Ward, uh, are you from and, and born and raised in Utah? Uh, no, I'm from eastern Idaho, which you could say is kind of an extension of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's uh, Utah <laughs> North. It's Okay, Utah North and East. All right. But so, I mean, with the populace of the church up there, did, did you see that in like Pocatello and in, you know, some of those other places? Or because those temples in the eastern Idaho area are now just being built and formed, maybe that's a future thing? Of course, I'm a little bit older, so I wasn't, I was there before Pocatello. Um, but yeah, as a youth group, um, it used to be that you reserved just a Saturday and you go, you went and you did like maybe like 20 names. But then they start, I saw in my youth, it started to shift where you would go early in the morning, only have five names, go before high, before school starts, and then but go more frequently. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, positive peer pressure. Uh, is there anything unique about the structure of the Bahia Blanca Temple or pretty standard for what we're building in South America? Um, it's a little bit different, I guess. There's The church has a few floor plans. There's kind of a a more, I guess, a rectangle one or a square one, and this would be like a rectangle one. So, um, but it's a nice, I would say a nice Spanish colonial design that um, is really popular right now among the church's temples. So, uh, And then in uh, our last articles of news, we brought this up and uh, I sort of gave you the little shout out within it, wondering if you would find out. Um, there are assembly rooms in eight temples uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, several of them are the kind of pioneer era or the remake of the pioneer era temples. So it's like Logan, Manti, Salt Lake, Nauvoo, uh, L.A., D.C. That's how this came to to uh, be part of the news. And then the Portland Temple. Were you able to track down any reason why the Portland Temple has an assembly room? Um, it's hard to know exactly. Um, even D.C. and L.A., I'm not quite sure why they have assembly rooms because it's kind of something of the past where church leaders would give meetings every once in a while but as far as i can tell it's a pretty rare occurrence um in portland i would say it kind of borders on being just a chapel because mm-hmm. all the other assembly rooms have the 12 pulpits and on both ends of the room similar to like the kirtland temple yeah this one in portland it's on the roof of the temple but it only has one podium. And so some people just call it a chapel. It may function like that. Um, there's other temples that also have chapels that are slightly larger. So I've read speculation of people that said maybe that's an assembly room. So it's hard to know how to count these things. <laughs> well, someone emailed us, and I, 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 uh, I wish that I could attribute it, but I don't have it pulled up at this moment, um, that said it was prophesied in their area or there was some sort of religious instruction that said if – one day, Salt Lake wasn't able to run the church. That's why they had that particular building in the Portland Temple. And I asked that source to try and find out a little bit more because what that sounds like is like, 
and Gordon B. Hinckley was mentioned, and there was a hush that went over the crowd that that's the kind of thing that that sounds <laughs> there's like. A, there's a me. lot of speculation about this. Um, from the comments I read, people are like, oh, it's it's used more than you think. Or there's more people that are up there than what you think. Yeah. And so it's definitely a lot of hearsay. Yeah. But uh, if anyone knows anything about that, contact at theculturalhall.com. And I know that uh, if you find anything, I'll, I will expect that you bring that back to us so that we can find out why Portland gets to be part of the cool kids with assembly rooms. What else uh, in Temple News? Um, so I guess while we're talking about the Washington D.C. Simple, we can talk about some of the, the facts about this. Um, it's a modern design, which um, modern for a lot of people means boring. But in this <laughs> case, they had a church historian explain that um, it's a celebration of materials, craftsmanship, and textures. So in the temple, you have wood paneling, you have geometric designs on the carpet, and you have crystal lights. And so um, that's what you see in the Washington, D.C. temple. It's huge. It's the third um, largest temple of the church, square footage. Um, I guess Salt Lake right now is being renovated, so I don't know what the final um, floor, uh, floor plan will be. But it will probably still be the biggest, and then L.A., and then you have D.C. as the third. But it is the tallest temple of the church, so that's why you can see it from the Washington Monument when you're all the way in the city. And intentionally, obviously, built that way, right? Uh, not only in location, so as you come around the beltway, but in size so that it can be, um, you know, noticed by people and that people can have questions. I mean, the, 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 the church in a lot of ways does those kind of things. And, and it's not like um, – what am I trying to say? It's not like they're being, uh, you know, schemy or anything like that. But if you can get people to ask questions, wonder about things – uh, then once they start to ask questions, it's an opportunity to be able to teach rather than, here, let me teach you this thing. If people come with questions, it's a little bit more receptive. Yeah, when I went to the Washington Monument, they when I was going up the elevator, they saw a BYU apparel, and a, some, someone that had BYU apparel in my group, and they said, oh, are you Mormons? Look at, look at that way for the temple. <laughs> so you can see that. You can see the, the Catholic Church, which is the largest Catholic Church in the United States, and then to the other direction, you can see the National Cathedral. Hmm. So you kind of have like those big three religious structures in the distance when you're up there. Uh, I thought it was interesting to note, too, there's that uh, LDS Living article that talks about like the 13 things, because you always have to have a number and it always has to be things that you may not have known, uh, to note that literally every part of the Washington, D.C. temple was renovated. There wasn't a single room that was left untouched. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, there's something that I could um... – provide a little bit more insight that hasn't been touched on too much yes um, there was a mural they have a rotunda in the middle of the temple it's kind of like the, the foyer mm-hmm. um they had this very large um, mural by john scott called the last judgment um the salt lake tribune has confirmed that 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 mural has been taken out and replaced by another painting um, that painting is called his return by john wilson in his instagram account he is um signing the painting just of in January of this year. And so that shows that the temple was done in 2020, but he wasn't delivering this painting until just this year. Hmm. And so I can confirm um, by things that I've seen that that mural was swapped out kind of last minute. Um, and the first prince, they commissioned this new painting. Any reason why the, the the last judgment would be removed? Is there something that might be controversial or something in the past of that particular artist? Or is there... Or is it just like, hey, we're doing something new, so we're going to do something new? Um, so the, the painting has 
one side is like Jesus's return to his followers and the other side is kind of like the judgment of the people that haven't been good and like destruction and stuff. Mm. So it is a little bit harsh, I guess I would say. And it's very white. There's not a lot of diversity in it. And something that the people that have gone through the open house have commented is the diversity in the paintings. And so in this new painting um, by John, by uh, I think, sorry, his name is John Wilson. Yeah. He, um, he, he specifically requested that there be, he used models for the angels from different races and everything. I know uh, also too, in the video that CBS did of the temple, there is a, a picture of, um, I'm trying to think of where it is within the temple, but it is uh, a black priesthood holder giving a blessing to uh, his son or daughter that I saw. It's briefly, it's not like, and here is a picture of, you know, it's not, it's nothing yeah. like that. It's just sort of passing, but it was a thing that I was like, well, I, Hey, I noticed that. I noticed that it's more than just one color within the temple. I appreciated that for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are, they're talking a lot about the art. There's a lot of pictures of Jesus. There's um, a lot of great art glass. There's uh, basically seven in the staircase. There's seven stories of this very, tall um window that they took out all the little pieces of glass for the renovation and cleaned them by hand wow wow uh anything else uh of note that you feel like with washington dc i mean it's obviously the biggest news in temple right now um that we should make sure to mention yeah i mean just a lot of vip guests have gone through you've had like um like the anchors of cnn wolf blitzer and dana bash go through you've had several um politicians like Paul Ryan, the former Speaker of the House, just um, you had Mitt Romney, Mike Lee, and Jeff Flake give a, a tour to a group of senators um, there. Um, there's at least one Democrat, Amy Klobuchar, there, so you can you can call it bipartisan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, from the report that I've seen too, and it's like every um, state governor has gone through, got an invitation. Maybe not everyone, but I know Utah Governor Spencer Cox went back and and led some people through. It really is. Uh, just such an opportunity for for people to go. Hey, you've been to DC. You've seen this building. Here, here's what's inside. Welcome, and and you know, obviously, the hopes that they feel the spirit or have questions or you know feel closer to God, to God, whatever the thing may be, but that they have a positive and memorable experience as they engage in the temple. Yeah, a lot of people have had, had very positive things to say about it. So. Uh, what else is there? Anything else that we should mention? Um, so temples are opening up to phase four, which means just full operations. So about 106 out of the 170 temples have basically returned to normal operations, which doesn't mean that you can't, you shouldn't get a, an appointment. They're still doing that. I don't think they'll ever get rid of that. I think just for purposes of crowd control and everything, they probably still have to schedule your ordinances. But and they're opening up again. And I know the uh, the rededication of the Hamilton New Zealand Temple uh, has been announced. Did you watch any of that documentary that was first presented at, at uh, Roots Tech? It's available on YouTube, but have you seen oh, any of it? I haven't yet. It's – I mean, here's, here's the thing. Like I, I feel like I'm a pretty normal guy, right? Like I like talking church stuff. Uh, and when you say something like, hey, here's an hour-long documentary about a rededication of a temple, you kind of go, man, I mean, I'm faithful, I'm devout, but I don't know. Maybe there's a way that I could spend spend at least 10 minutes watching it. It's pretty – I mean, 
I love accents, so just being able to hear accents of people to me, like, that just warms my heart. But to know, like, the sacrifice and to know some of the, like, it's real, it's real nerdy New Zealand temple uh, documentary that is available in the show notes, link for it in the show notes, and was first yeah, that, shared at Roots Tech. That aired on national TV. And actually, the Roots Tech, Roots Tech one is only about 20 minutes. Oh, so really? A little, bit, a little bit less time, you can watch that shorter one. Uh it, but the, so the longer one is just adapted from the shorter one, right? Is that how it is? Okay. That was, yeah, that was for the national television. Oh, okay. Okay. So people can check that out. What else? What else is going on? Um, so the temple in Hong Kong has been completed, the renovation. Um, we're still awaiting the dedication, the rededication announcement for that. And that's the one that looks super like a uh, business building, right? Square. Yeah. Yeah. They've completely changed the exterior. They took off the whole exterior and they replaced it in the renovation. But no dedication uh, date announcement, open house, Not that yet. kind of stuff. China's still kind of suffering from COVID, so I'm sure they're being extra cautious. Uh, I thought that this was interesting that you included this, the um, the new urban meeting house that's in uh, Salt Lake City downtown. We sort of talked about it. There are some pictures available in the show notes uh, for this episode, but n- not a temple attached to it. Uh, there was a hint. There's a hint of a temple um I guess newsworthy. Okay. Um, they they said that in other locations that the church has done something similar, like in Arlington, Virginia. They said Arlington, Virginia, New York, which is where the temple is, London, which is where the church bought an office tower last year, mm-hmm. um, and then he said Brussels, which is funny because that nothing in Brussels has been built yet. But the speculation is that the church has purchased uh, like an office building over there by the European Parliament. And that's rumored where the temple will go. So it's interesting that the presiding bishop mentioned Brussels in his remarks. So is the thought then, uh, is it your speculation here in the temple talk, Corey, that they're going to have a temple as a part of this this urban meeting house? I don't see else where else they would put the temple, so... The church doesn't only has one chapel in Brussels. No, no. So oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was confusing. In Salt Lake, do you think that they'll add a temple to that? To that? Is no, there space I to? I, I don't think so. It's in downtown Salt Lake right there by the other temple. So. Well, but I mean, you know, if if we have people coming in and it's it's strictly for, I don't know. Listen, speculation is fun, <laughs> even if it's there's not a chance in the world it could happen. All right, you're not going to go on the record. I'll go on the record. I think they'll figure out a way to put it in there. But cool to know uh, that 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 may be the location of the one in Brussels. Um, what else? You have bonus fun fact, and I thought that was kind of kind of an interesting thing. You want to talk about that real quick? Oh, I guess just if you want to check out the show links, uh, LDS Living had, of course, one of these other um, 15 fun facts about temples, and that just kind of goes through all like, did you know that there's 20 temples in Africa now? Did you know that uh, President Nelson has um, basically been around for 35% of all temple announcements? Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, just kind of a unique thing. If And a lot of temples are going to have their first temple. A lot of countries are going to have their first temple and everything. So, uh, And it, it also allows me the opportunity to tease an upcoming episode of the Cultural Hall. Um, we have uh, Leonard Bagalwa, who is the director of the Utah Valley Refugees. He's from the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo. And in uh, his episode, he talks about the importance for his country 
to him to have a temple being built there. He's a member of the church, came here to the United States. It's a fascinating story, so you'll be able to hear that, and uh, you'll be able to hear him sing one of the most famous hymns of uh, the church, How Great Thou Art. Obviously, it's a Christian hymn, but you know we like to claim it and be like, that's ours, and then we go to another Christian church and go, oh, hey, it, it's other people's as well. <laughs> you hear him sing it in Swahili, and it's made probably my favorite uh, part of that episode. That's coming up. Uh, also, we'll have Corey K. Ward. I don't know. I think I'm a C. Kent fan. Uh, back in the future to do another Temple update as we make it uh, a regular thing here in the Cultural Hall. All of the notes that uh, Corey has prepared and uh, all the stuff that we didn't get to available for you to read through, click through, especially if you want to get nerdy and you want to see that New Zealand, the hour-long or just the 20-minute uh, video. Corey, uh, thank you for being here. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. and that if that- Oh, yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> that if you're sick, that you can come next week. And that uh, that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at AlpineLakesTravel.com, Wandering Wheaton Ranch, Miracles, I told you so, Rick McGee at Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and Debbie Wanless will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. 